You are listening to the Tenuto Podcast, a podcast dedicated to getting you interviews from some of the best teachers in the music education field. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, and here we go. So the best way to say it is is now like pal and mages like pages. So if you say pal pages, then thou mages. Uh, a lot of people would introduce him maybe as the co-host of the number one sports podcast in the world. This is PFT Commenter. I bet you could. I bet you could convince like tech billionaires to spend a hundred thousand dollars to go go away for like three days and do nothing but play a bass drum while a conductor is <laughs> is giving them the rhythm. Like that's the type of thing that they would get really into to just like be able to zone out and get in tune with the universe and mm-hmm. lock into them. It's just banned. We obviously take it seriously. Our careers are dedicated to it, and it should be stunning in every regard. You have to keep in mind, we are not curing cancer. We're not putting things on Mars. It's just banned. Welcome in. And for some of you, welcome back. Here we are, a new summer edition of the Tenuto Podcast. Today we have an absolutely incredible guest. His name is Nathan Gredler. Thanks for listening. My name is Kevin Lynch, and this is the Tenuto Podcast, a podcast I created to help me and other music teachers find our full value through interviews with different guests in the music education field. This is actually our first podcast since January. I hope you guys enjoyed. I know it's been some time, but feel free to go back and listen to that podcast with Randall Standridge, an amazing composer and educator. Hope you hope you check that out if you haven't done so yet. And today, real quick, before we get into the meat of this podcast, we got some new intro music. Put some quotes in there, put a little bit of a different guitar spin in there if you like it. If you didn't like it, let me know on Facebook. Go and like the Tenuto Podcast page, check us out, and leave a comment under this episode's description. Let me know what you thought of Nathan Gredler, and let me know what you thought of this new intro music. Anyway, here we go. Let's get into it here. Today, Nathan Gredler, someone I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time, finally joining the podcast. Fun fact about Nathan, he is the reason that I am where I am, because if he didn't leave his position, it wouldn't have been open for me to have. So Nathan started in that collaborative position that I was in between two schools, each school with kind of a mentor teacher. He's a James Madison graduate. He's a euphonium player extraordinaire. And uh, he's been an incredible teacher in Stafford County for the past nine years, going into year 10. Uh, you know, the it's interesting The position that Nathan and I started in, the collaborative teaching between two schools with a mentor at each school, it prepares teachers really well. We had a really cool moment this year. Nathan uh, and I were both selected as the teacher of the year at our respective schools. And I think that just kind of speaks to how well we were prepared in this initial position with, you know, mentor teacher Arlene and Caroline. So... You know, we're, we're, we're really, uh, really proud of that. Nathan has been an absolutely amazing teacher for his students. He's incredibly impactful, not just for his students, though, who always seem to love band. Every time I meet 
them at a, all district, all county. You know, some of them I teach private lessons to. But Nathan is also an incredibly impactful band director in our community. And not just the Stafford County community, but he's always replying to posts on Facebook uh, in that band director's page. He is somebody who always shares his ideas, and they're always amazing. His new ideas, he creates PowerPoints. Um, and in our band director meetings, you know, he's constantly the one sharing new ideas, showing us the way he's doing things, because it's very clear that the way Nathan does things works very well. So I wanted to get Nathan on. I wanted to do a podcast with him for a long time. And I promise you that this interview will not disappoint. This is an amazing interview. You might want to grab a pen and paper, take some notes out here, because Nathan drops some serious knowledge on middle school band. Hope you enjoy. Here he is, Nathan Gredler. All right, so I'm here with Nathan Gredler. He was in my original position when I was in Stafford County before I got here. So Nathan basically is the reason that I was able to make it into Stafford County because he went on to Dixon Smith Middle. But he spent a lot of time with Arlene Mandudis and Caroline, who were my mentors the first three years. First off, Nathan, thanks for being here. This is really cool. It's been like, I don't know, I've wanted this to happen for a long time. So Yeah, great to be here. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about some band stuff today, and I've uh, been wanting to do this for a while, so glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. Uh, so the first thing I have for you is, you know, we both kind of had the same mentors. What are some of the things that you've taken from H.H. Poole and A.G. Wright and kind of taken it into Dixon Smith now? Um, well, I, I think the first thing is just kind of like, instead of going to like more specific things about like this technique or this and that, I think just the general idea of being willing to try something different. Um, I mean, I think this particularly applies to um, working with Arlene at AG Wright. Yeah. You know, when I started there, she was uh, 34, 35 years, maybe even a little less than that. Um, but up, even so, like a long, long ways into her career already. Yeah. And was like constantly like pushing the envelope and being like, well, let's try this. Let's try this. In fact, my first year there... I came in in the middle of the year. I was a December grad. I started there in January. Mm -hmm. And I came into the middle of this thing where the eighth grade orchestra and the eighth grade band were combining together to be a full orchestra. And they were going to go to state assessment as that, um, which no one in the state had done as, um, or no middle school had done in the state before. Yeah. And so I walk right into the middle of this and I'm like, what, what, what's <laughs> happening here? Um, but that's just kind of like one example of a larger attitude of like, Hey, let's let's try let's try new things. Let's let's look into new stuff. And um, you know, I think some teachers, you know, they get well into their careers and they kind of they have their way of doing things. Yeah. And Arlene was always open to me trying new things and stuff like that. And so I think going into my job now, I think just having a willingness to be like, well, I know I've done this before, but let's let's do something different. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a big thing I've taken out of that. Um. I, you know, collaborative teaching and just having to like, you know, be able to play off uh, each other and in, in teaching. I haven't had an opportunity to do that. I would love an opportunity to have sure. a, some, a co-teacher. I yeah. know you would as well. <laughs> um, 
But um, the times that I have had, like, uh, I know you've had Steve Patterson on your podcast before, and um, he and I both send, um, I send all of my kids, and he sends, like, 96% of his kids all to the same high school. And yeah. so we often work with each other um, and work with each other's kids, and some of those skills of, like, teaching collaboratively and, like, being able to just jump in even when someone else is on the podium, we've gotten to use some of those skills then. Nice. Um the last bullet point I put down for that was um, selecting literature. Um, I think that's, okay. that's like the, the biggest, one of the most important things we do. When you think about the amount of time that we spend in class, it's like you want to make sure you're selecting the right stuff. And so, um, you know, there's no like, these are the three things you do when you select literature. But just like the approach of being like, okay, well, who do we want to highlight? Like, obviously you have sections that are... You know, you know, I've got really good trombones this year. I've got really good saxophones. I want to make sure to get something for them. Um, but instead of looking at it like, oh, who, who do I need to hide? It's more like, mm, right. how do I like, how do I push, you know, my weaker sections just a little bit more? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and you know, listening to a piece of music and being like, hey, I really like this, but then being like, okay, let me listen to it again and like. Uh, this is a phrase I remember Arlene using. Like, uh, let, let me put my uh, seventh grade band ears on this. Like, what? Yes, this sounds awesome. Yeah. What will this sound like if like our seventh grade band plays this? And sure. then like going back for that second listening and being you know being able to say mm, let's let's put this uh, in this list of maybe for the future. Or, yeah. You know, um, or there's been times I listen to a piece and I'm thinking, like, maybe. I'm thinking originally, like, oh yeah, this is gonna be for my for my eighth grade band, for my advanced band, and then I listen to it again. And I'm like, well, let me go back and put intermediate band, like right. ears on that, yeah. And it it kind of like completely changes the way you listen to the to the song because, you know, you're you're thinking about like, okay, like what techniques am I going to need to teach to be able to do this? Is this something that you know has this this and this that they already know, or maybe it's uh, I'm gonna have to teach this concept. You right. know, for this tune um, and so yeah a, a lot of just selecting literature and having a variety of literature and things that's also something that um, I felt very prepared for I guess sure when I went to Dixon that's something that I haven't even thought about but it's just like naturally happens like you have to pick music and I didn't even realize what a pull she had on me in terms of picking music like these are my strengths not hiding your weaknesses although I, I have thought that sometimes. That's a good reminder, you know. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have, like, definitely hidden my weaknesses <laughs> before, right? But, you know, um, sometimes, you know, it, it, it depends on the situation, too. You know, uh, I'm going to think about that differently for assessment than I am for my spring concert. Yeah, absolutely. So, you're somebody who... I mean, I feel like you've got a really nice thing going at Dixon Smith, and you're not just doing things you learned from Arlene and Caroline, you're also doing your own things. Like, what are some things that you've done on your own that you wanted to do, maybe, or you thought of while you were in this new job that you're really excited about? Um, so there's one thing that I've done a couple of times, and I should have done more, and I need to get back into it, and that's um, student mentoring. Um, oh, So yeah. having... Older setting up some sort of system where older students can mentor the younger ones. Yeah, I did this my first year at Dixon when 
I came into Dixon Smith, and obviously, like, director changed. Some things are going to be in upheaval. Yep. I remember that year, I had a small, be- smallest beginning group I had had up till that point. Um, and, like, 40-something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was very used to, you know, 80 to 100, right? So, yeah. but they were beginners, so beginners were beginners. Like, I knew what to do there. Um, my intermediate band that year uh, gave me so much grief. Uh, that was the one that was really tough with... Um, you know, behavior and expectations, changing yeah. of directors, yeah. you know, band was fun and now it's not, all that. There was that. And then the advanced band, though, they were small, only 32 kids, but they could play. Yeah. Um, and so, and I figured that out really quickly. And so I, I had like a really strong advanced band at, you know, in the first year of the school. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the second semester of that year, I had um, those students who wanted to, um, come in during morning homeroom and, you know, just sit with some beginners and, um, you know, work on whatever they're working on. If they were the same instrument, they could do instrument specific stuff. Um, a couple of them were strong enough that like, you know, if they were a flute player and they're sitting with a saxophone player, well, it's beginning band saxophone music. They, they, they like could do enough to like be able to help them, you know, with their stuff. And, you know, I kind of, I didn't force anybody to do it. I advertised it in advance band. I advertised it in beginning band. Some students showed up, you know, um, and, you know, you were just telling me about one of the students from that beginning band who you now have as a <laughs> private student and is talking about being in, um, going into music education. He's now a senior. Um, and so, um, like, I, he, he, I think, was one of those ones who came in. And then That's so cool. one of the eighth graders who came in and helped... Um, now is going into uh, my math is off i think second or third year at jmu and um flute player and they are uh, or they wrote me a letter um when they graduated high school and said like hey like i didn't think i ever was going to be a teacher but then you did this thing when i was in eighth grade and at one point, you told me, hey, you're doing a good job with this. And I was like, hey, maybe I could do this. And, like, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because <laughs> at, at that point, I was like, oh, man, uh, I was like, man, I need to be doing that more. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, some, it didn't always fit every year. Um, I've, I've had at least one other year where I did something like that. Um, and, and and it worked out. But it, it never really occurred to me. Every, I mean, we got a lot going on. Yes. You know, sometimes... You know, it, the personalities of those older students may not fit that. Um, and so that's something I've done before that I, I definitely want to bring back more of. Yeah, I mean, I think it works with some classes more than others, but sounds like that was so impactful. Like, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I think this year might be a good year to do it because my, my pandemic beginners are now in eighth grade. Okay. And weirdly enough, they're, like, super gung-ho and super, like... Um, you know, uh, the, they're pretty talented. Like, um, I think they're going to be able to play this year, even yeah. though they did their first semester online. That's crazy to um, think that those pandemic sixth graders are now eighth graders. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so uh, I think just thinking about the personality of that group, I think that they could be good to mentor. So I don't know if it works. It's not something that works every year. But yeah. if you, like, get to know your students, I think that's something that works. Yeah, and and speaking of awesome teachers, I know you just went recently, a few years ago, got your master's from University of Florida in music ed, um, and you did a a project on like 
fitting students, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did my master's at UF. It was all online. So, no, I've never been to Gainesville in my life. Um, <laughs> Do you cheer for Florida <laughs> sports? I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I follow JMU some, and that's it. So, mm-hmm. no, I don't, I don't cheer for Florida sports. Um, but, um, so, yeah, um, that was a great program. Uh, I, I knew I'd always, like, wanted to do my master's, and, um, you know, I went ahead and, and started it, you know, before, like, life got too busy. Like, I cannot imagine right now, now that I have I have two kids, six and one, at that time I only had one kid. Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine my life right now doing my master's, so I'm glad I did it when I did, because <laughs> um, it took a lot of time. Um, uh, the structure of it was, I think, conducive to, like, being able to like work and you know go to school you know it was only one class at a time sure they were eight week classes um so you do two each semester um okay but i mean there were still like many nights where i fell asleep with the textbook on my face so it it took a lot of time it was a lot of energy a lot of the classes were really engaging um, there were a couple that were snooze fests, but to be expected, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was pretty comprehensive. Um, I I learned a lot from it. Um, you know, I, I think I still could have been like, it's not something that like had to do, but it's something I wanted to do, and I got a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, but the research project that you're talking about, you have to finish this program with a capstone. They don't call it a thesis. Like a thesis, I think has like a little bit more. Um, is a little bit more stringent in like what you can do. But the capstone thing was you could do one of two things. You could basically like create a portfolio from your previous nine classes, 12 classes, whatever, it was, however many it was I did. And I looked at that and I was like, that's kind of lame. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. I could okay. see if some people were just like trying to check the box. Yeah, getting exactly. The degree, that's like, for those people. Okay, fine. Yeah. Great. Um, um, and something those people have that I don't is probably like, a very concise like thing that's yeah you know, like here's everything I did in my master's right. yeah. and I have a load of file folders on my computer like um, that's <laughs> that's what I've got um, but uh, I really wanted to do a research project one of the classes was on research yep. so I had cut you know that's kind of a standard master's thing is sure. to have like a research class and um, you know I've been doing a lot with instrument fittings going back to working at AG Wright and HH Pool we did it like two different ways at HH Pool. It was like the, the traditional instrument night. We had like maybe two of them and everyone shows up and you got, you know, different people doing different instruments. Yeah. And, you know, rapid fire, just kids coming in, trying stuff. You rate them on a piece of paper. They go and they went and talked to Caroline. Uh, and then AG Wright, we did like these individual appointments. Right. And it took a long time, but like meet like a few kids each day after school. And then, you know, get, meet with the parent and kind of have them try stuff. And Nobody else is there. It's more right. individualized, right? Yeah, yeah, so we did those two different ways. And um, so, you know, I, I kind of looked at, like, do we want to, or, or is there anything behind this? And when I looked into, like, the literature, the existing literature, there wasn't a whole lot there about it. There was a lot about instrument fitting. Um, okay. There was a lot there. Um you know, going back, you know, a few decades in terms of like 
um, whether doing an instrument fitting is a good idea. You sure, know, right? Because um, I mean, when I when I started band, I didn't even have one. I just picked trombone, and I got a trombone first day of band. Like I never was fitted on an instrument. Yeah, uh, I did have one. Um, you know, we didn't start till sixth grade, and it was like. Um, you know, so when we were in fifth grade, they did it during the school day, and we could mm-hmm. go down to the music room because sixth grade was part of the elementary school yeah. where I was. And yeah, you could go try it. Um, and I, I tried a bunch of stuff. I tried trombone and did really well at it. I probably should have just chosen that, mm-hmm. but my brother played trombone. And, Can't do it. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't really like my brother at that time. <laughs> so I, I was like, no, I'm going to do trumpet. Well, Six years later, I switched to euphonium <laughs> because I probably should have just been on low brass the whole time. But, but it's like, I don't know, <laughs> it's such an impactful moment for everybody. Like, I think everybody who was in band, like, remembers their process of selecting their instrument. Like, right. all my students are like, oh, you know, my, the former teacher thought I'd be great at this, but I decided to do this. And everybody seems to have a story from their fitting. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could do like a whole episode just about fitting. So I, gotta, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could talk about that for a long time. But yeah, so I, I did a project surveying band directors on their process and stuff um and you know i went into it thinking you know because i really liked the individual appointment thing yeah um and so i I went into it thinking like oh that's that's going to be like the thing that shows the the best retention because i was showing like i was trying to show like the if there was a correlation between whether you have an instrument fitting and whether you decide to stick with band as opposed to just choosing your own um the data was like inconclusive i think um there was a lot to it um but just going through that whole process of um like putting together like a legit survey like in qualtrics like not this is not a google form and like had to be uh irb approved like wow like like it had to be approved by the university yeah like it was it was legit like legit research um as opposed to like something you know like when I did a research paper in high school, right? Sure, like, yeah. Um, and so it really just opened my eyes to, like, what that sort of process was. Uh, and that was, I think, a big thing out of it. And, you know, I, the professors there really supported it. Um, they said, you know, yeah, that's a great idea. And, and not many people in that program were doing research projects, but they let me run with it. So that was, I, I think, a big thing to get out of that. Um, I'm going to pull, pull that out and reread it. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah. you, I mean, you said that it was inconclusive, but you like to do the individualized. Yeah, I, I really, I, I prefer that. Um, so we didn't get to do that during COVID. Right. Right. So that was two years where we didn't get to do that. And they picked at the beginning of the school year. Um, we did the whole process where like we tried to guide them and be like, here's what you need to be thinking about, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, this past spring, I did go back to doing individual things and the biggest difference has nothing to do with the kids i met the parents yeah that is the biggest thing that i like about the individual thing is the parent gets in the room face-to-face time with them because i mean some of my upcoming eighth graders i still haven't met their parents right and just because you know concert night's crazy you can't meet everybody uh even if you do it's like how do you know, how do you know who goes with who right yeah <laughs> yeah so um, and even if you do like one of those nights where you know everybody comes, mm-hmm. you don't get to meet them for very long, and you don't get to have the, the conversations that are important. Well, like, you you know the way that we you and I both did it at pool, where you had to give them like a number one to five on the yeah, instrument, like yeah. you know that's 
that always felt a little bit impersonal. I mean, sure, you had to be honest. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when I do my fittings, I tell them, like, I'm going to give you a recommendation, but this is your choice. Yeah. And, you know, you always get that kid who thinks they really want to be a percussionist, and then they can't put their left with their right very well, and you try and be like, hey, like, do you want to try something else? And a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, two instruments instead of one. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do this. And, but every now and then you get that kid who's just like, no, no this is what I want to do. Right. I had one of those, and he just left eighth grade. He was never a great percussionist, but, man, was he into it. And so ultimately it's the kid's decision. You're just trying to give him more information to be able to, to pick from. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, yeah. your kids, every time I, you know, I'm, I'm – teaching a lot of private lessons i have a lot of your students in private lessons and i'm always just impressed by the fundamentals like the way they know their scales their tone their technique it's all awesome but they also love band like it seems like every student i meet of yours whether i'm like at your school doing a clinic or i'm teaching privately they love band what are what are some things you're doing that make them love bands so much, yet they still have all these amazing fundamentals. Huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not like a one size fits all thing. Sure. I think. Yeah. Um, so you know, talking about like private students, you know, that I have, I don't have a ton overall that take private lessons, but yeah, I think like quite a few yeah. of of yours are from mine and. I think the ones that take private lessons, they're doing it because, like, they, they really like it, you know? So there's sure. definitely some correlation there. In terms of, like, what I do, you know, I think you've got to, like, strike a balance between working on fundamentals and then just being like, okay, let's just leave this alone and have some fun. Right. Uh, and, yeah. you know, there's... When, when you think back to, like, the old band methods, you know, we I know we have copies of, we don't use, but we have copies of Easy Steps of the Band. And you think about, like, this is what, you know, yeah. if you started band in 1954, this is what your beginning band class was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, listening, I, you know, I recently listened back to your episode with, with Steve Patterson about tone, and, you know, he talks about, like, you know, tone has to be good before anything else. And he's right, like your band needs to have good tone or it doesn't matter how fast they play or, you know, yeah, their, their technique doesn't matter if it sounds bad. Yeah. And I get that. But like when I, when you wrote, gave me this question and I thought about like, how do I approach this? It's like, yeah, like I talk about tone, but it's not like I get, I like the tone has to happen before anything else. Cause the tone takes a while. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to like yeah. get to be playing with a good sound. And um, if you are like continually talking about like, you know, just, just working on long tones all the time, like, I mean, I'm going to check out of that as a teacher. <laughs> I imagine like a 12 year old would as well. <laughs> um, and so, you know, at, we spend a lot of time on tone at the beginning, we get those first five notes, but then we, we just start going into technique with those. And yeah. then when we hear an issue with the tone, then we come back and we address it and we go through kind of the checklist with you know depending on brass or woodwind like okay well are you doing this are you doing this are you doing this let me see that mouthpiece like Mm -hmm. you know um and so those sorts of things um so yeah um i'm definitely not going to come in here and say like you know i ignore tone but 
I, I definitely don't like you know say like we have to be able to do this before we can move on to this sure because sure otherwise they're not gonna love band yeah you know yeah um you gotta like uh what's the con- the concept the spiral curriculum okay t- taking you back to like uh, <laughs> un- undergrad yep. methods classes right where it's like you know we're gonna we're gonna cover this thing but then we're gonna come back around to it on the spiral exactly right and yep. maybe with a little bit more rigor into it and you know we'll get there eventually but it is definitely not in a straight line that, right that things happen yeah i haven't heard spiral curriculum in so long but drop i'm dropping that music <laughs> in speak there on you it makes so much sense though i mean exactly you come back around to it but something else that you've been really good at and i mean even with students that i've you know like a private student i recently had that just went to you and you were like oh it's his mouthpiece like you're really good at just having a deep knowledge of equipment. I, I mean, you're the guy I go to for anything that I don't know. Um, is there anything you're doing, like, for example, what read size are you starting beginners on? And, you know, what point do you move them up? Or mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily consider myself a gearhead. No, I, I wouldn't say you're yeah, a gearhead. I yeah. just I would say you're very knowledgeable about yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, uh, you know, we're both low grass players. Like, yep. and we all we all knew like, you know, the person in college who like was like all about. Well, yes, I play on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I play I play on this Wilson twenty nine fifty <laughs> with this mouthpiece and like um, well yeah it has this diameter and this depth and I'm just like <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I just I, I couldn't get too much into that stuff. But like from like a middle school band perspective, there's yeah. certain things that like I've kind of picked up on. I think I have to like really lean on and give a shout out to the Facebook band directors page. Mm-hmm. It's got like thirty thousand band directors on it, and yeah. when I have a question about equipment, I just go search in that first. Gotcha. Um, and you know, then you end up reading these long comment thread debates, and you got to sort through the noise of yeah, you you know the um. Which, which flute B flat do you teach? Okay, well, here's 500 comments on that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to equipment, I start, I look at that first and kind of get some things. And, um, you know, so talk, some of the specific things you asked about. Um, read size, start them on two and a half. Um, we, when you asked me about, like, fundamentals and tone, and, like, I said, like, kind of go down the checklist of things. Yeah. It's like, when, when their tone isn't, isn't quite working, and it's a read player clarinet and saxophone then um you know one of the things is like okay how old is your read yeah if they can't tell you if they if they hesitate if they say i don't know <laughs> if you don't know you need to change your read like, yeah. that is thing that it's like that they show it to me they're like well look it's not shit and i'll be like well you know this is organic material basically your body is slowly breaking it down and you're it's now like a one and a half yeah. like <laughs> you know that's i think thing thing number one how old is it what's the condition um you know of course you get the shredded reed you get the one that's stuck to the mouthpiece because they never take it off and you gotta peel it off yeah you know um um and then you know your your embouchure issues tongue position um amount of mouthpiece in the mouth man that's a big one um i know um I'm shouting out your old uh, episodes. Uh, Taylor Cardwell <laughs> talked about that with clarinet. Yeah. Uh, and like flat yeah. clarinet. Yeah. It, I mean, if, if it's flat and the tone is sagging, yes, tongue position's in there a lot and like talking about your chin and, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But if they're playing right there on the tip of the reed, they're not getting a whole yeah. lot of it there too. Yeah. Um, 
I love that you're a big listener of the show. Awesome. Well, when you asked me to be on, I went back and listened listened to a few a uh, few again so that they were they were fresh. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if their tone is really bright and shrill, then I'll pull from my like my stash of threes and be like, here, try this. Yeah. Um, and just see, you, you know. Um, and then I tell them to get threes if it works for them. Nice. Next time they buy, and then if they're like, "Well, look, I have a box of two and a half, so there's eight in it," yeah. I'll be like, "Okay, give me three of them, and here's three of my threes. You know, yeah. like um, they'll help them trade them out. Um, I'll occasionally have clarinets try a three and a half. Um, okay. Actually, a uh, student of mine who was with you mm-hmm. for um, beginning band and is now going into my advanced band gave her a three and a half at the end of the year um, just because she was trying to play up above the staff and stuff and it was kind of getting that bright sound sure and all of her fundamentals like super solid like sure. the staff and everything yeah and so I was just like hey like here try this and she kind of struggled with it at first but mm-hmm. um, I think like needed that harder read to be able to handle the higher register without squawking at her nice and so and I personally play on a three and a half but I think it's just like brass player drops yeah trying to play a clarinet sure like, there's no finesse there you know <laughs> so it's like i need the harder read or it's just not 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 gonna happen for me yeah um yeah i always love walking in your band room seeing your setup with like the tuba and the alto sax clarinet like you got it all right at the podium yeah yeah awesome. um, it inspired me I, I tried to do something similar when i started at heim well like... i just i started buying instruments off of ebay oh um, yeah yeah uh, and you know um for a trumpet like i knew what i wanted because it was like the one that i played when i was at pool that was like the the demonstration trumpet and um so like i just kind of scoured ebay for it and then you know when i got a flute got a clarinet was able to sort through all the noise and like kind Mm -hmm. of find stuff with it that had a good deal and so yeah i'm looking for a saxophone still haven't done that yet that's the one my kids get on me for the most yeah it's Me like, too, why, don't, why don't you have a saxophone? Well, they always are like, play it on sax. And I'm like, well, I gave all my saxes out. Yeah, and, right. I only have yeah. three in my inventory. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone else is playing it. Yeah. Um, so, my first memory of you is we were in the uh, professional development. And in our PDs, like, the band directors like to share different things that they're doing in their classroom. And one of the things you were doing was, um, it was the way you were giving feedback to your students. It was like there's a Google sheet or something that as soon as a student finished the playing quiz, you had typed it up and it, they immediately had the feedback. You didn't have to go write it down. Um, I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I've just always kind of admired your attention to detail when it comes to middle school band, in particular, like your, your data tracking. Um, is there anything that you're doing to track your beginners or any students that you have, like anything that you're keeping tabs on throughout the year, any specific, I don't know, I almost think of it as like in sports, like you're keeping track of like a batting average, like, <laughs> you know, the major things, is there anything that you keep track of in middle school band? Um, so thinking back to what you're referencing, um, that was back like when I would hear um, playing tests in class. Right, yeah. Man, don't do that anymore. Right, yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, you know, what I have kept from that time is, like, um, I've, I've stuck with the same rubric for a while. Okay. Um, I've just now, now that we're on Canvas, I've loaded it in there. Yeah. Um, like, a, it's a 30-point rubric, um, five categories, six points per category, and it's got, like, I threw in some of the terms we use a lot, superior, excellent, good, mm-hmm. fair. Um, and 
I kind of I use that for my playing quizzes. Um, and so I think my five categories are like tone quality, uh, rhythm, note accuracy, um, uh, oh man, I'm rusty. Um, there, I, I know like for the beginners, my fifth category is technique. Yeah. But for the uh, older students, I changed that fifth category to uh, musicality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, basically, is this musical to listen to? Yeah. yeah. Not are you hitting like every crescendo and dynamic? Yeah. Sure, that's yeah. in there. But, um, but you know, that's the category where like I hit with the beginners. Like, um, hey, like check your right hand position. You yeah. Know, that's that sort of stuff. Um, and so you know. Yeah, I used to do that on Google Forms. Now it's just kind of a rubric built into Canvas. Um, and then, you know, something when you asked me this question that I thought of was this past year, well, our beginner classes looked a lot different. You know, we used to have, sure. um, you know, our woodwinds and our brass separated stick percussion in both or one of them, depending on however you wanted to do it. And now both classes were totally mixed instrumentation. And so, um, and we didn't have them every day anymore. We used to have them every day, 35, 40 minutes, and now we had them every other for 75. So completely different class setup for beginners yeah. and um, had no idea how that was going to play out. And so in the fall, uh, when we got into, you know, the beginning of Essential Elements, um, I did like, um, you know, picked out like six exercises that I thought were the big ones and put them, uh, made charts for the class and so they could get up to three points for each of those when they turned in that got um, it that assignment um they got one point if they just if they turned it in sure like great you get one point for that um doesn't matter how good or bad it is like great um they got two points if they earned at least a b based on that rubric okay right and they got three points if they earned an a nice um and so kind of just kept charts and i just put x's on the charts um and it didn't even really like say that on the charts, right? So I told them that once, and then they, I'm sure they yeah, forgot it. Yeah. But they're just kind of like counting the points and, and watching. And so I had three beginner classes this past year, and so the classes, like the class with the most percentage of possible points, was going to get uh, free homemade cookies. Oh, for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not above bribing with food. Um, and so yeah, and um, that was just like a way rather than having a bunch of playing tests and just being like well here's your grade like, right i gave them something yeah. to grab on to and it's fun some yeah. kids peer pressured get once <laughs> and be like hey just like like i've heard you play that in class like can you just turn it in right like, you know yeah and you know stuff like that and um so my older kids weren't left out um seventh and eighth graders did that there were also three classes of them they did that with passing off their scales memorized okay um, and I had two eighth grade classes and one seventh grade class, and my seventh grade class wiped the floor with my eighth. Wow! Like um, they passed off like ninety four percent of their scales. Oh my gosh! Collectively, it was it was absurd. Um, I think maybe the eighth graders saw that the help saw it and just gave up. There was like, no, I'm not going to learn my scales. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, stuff like that. Sure. Um, just trying to, you know, keep them motivated. To going back to your question about like how do you do tone and technique? Well. I mean, scale karate I've been doing forever. Sure. Um, yeah. Going back to A.G. Wright and H.H. Poole um, used to be like a seventh grade thing. Um, and then, you know, this this year, eighth graders hadn't really done their scales. Yeah. Like, because of the pandemic here. And yeah. so and they kind of got lumped into that. So that's how that went. Um, yeah. 
Cool. All right. Uh, all right. So last question for you before rapid fire. And this is something that I've basically asked everybody that's been on the show. If you could go back in time to your first year teach yourself, what advice would you give yourself? Chill out. I, I used to be like way more serious about this than I needed to be. Sure. Um, you know, I, I would get like really mad when like things didn't sound the way they would or like, yeah. you know, um, or like when a kid would quit, you know, I'd be like, yeah. man, that it would just bum me out, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, I probably yelled more in my first few years than, than I do now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I would get really bummed when, when the concert didn't go as planned, you know, yeah. I'd be like, yep. man, we we played that so much better man that sounded yeah and now it's just kind of like i accept that that's going to happen because they don't have the performance experience sure that i do right like you're gonna have some duds man i had some duds in high i had some duds in college yeah forget about high school like (laughs) you know um my my senior recital i did not play as well as i could have no by far like um but at the end of the day like how it went didn't really matter it was more like about the process Mm -hmm. Uh, and so now i think i'm a lot better at seeing the forest for the trees so um yeah if i could go back to first year teacher self just you know at that point it's like man is my life right and it's not not for these kids like they're seeing what it's all about so help them see the process help them see that they got better um that's awesome yeah so Something that I do to help with that, um, I actually forgot to do it this past year, and so I have to remember this fall. When they get to the point where they've been playing their instrument for like three weeks and they can maybe play like number 10 in Essential Elements or yeah, something, yeah. record the class doing it. Oh. Right? And stick it on YouTube with like an unlisted link. Mm-hmm. Send it to the parents to be like, excuse me, look, <laughs> they're doing things. Um, and um, then just hold on to that video. And then pull that out at like the end of every school year <laughs> and just yeah. be like, um, yeah, like I, I know like that concert didn't go as well as, as you, you'd hoped, but, um, remember this. <laughs> right. Oh, that's such a good idea. And, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, God, is that what I looked like? <laughs> like they're not even concerned with the sound at first. They're just like, oh my gosh. Cause you know, of course they've all grown like right. 10 inches. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that's such a great um, idea. I'm totally stealing that. Yeah. So, um, and I forgot to do it this past year because well, beginning band was so different this past yeah, year, but I'm, really I'm definitely was. doing that again. Um, and yeah, so my, my advice to first year teacher self is just, just chill out. Just chill out. It'll be fine. <laughs> I love that. I've, I've definitely noticed that you kind of, I mean, not that you were ever like super intense, but you just seem to be more, you, you seem to really enjoy what you do. And I mean, in a chill way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I won't pretend it's like a hundred percent of the time. Like, I mean, my, my students have definitely seen me get like really intense, oh, sure. like in rehearsal and just yeah. like, like, let's go, let's go. Um, but you know, I, I definitely try and like leave it in that class period if things are a little bit frustrating and then you know we just pick it up on the next one so yeah all right man so final segment of our interview we've got some rapid fire questions all right right just gonna throw some questions at you let's see i've got one two three four five six i have seven rapid fire questions okay ready to go i'm ready all right first question what's your favorite month of the year Ooh. ooh favorite month 
would have to be June. Okay. June. It's, Why? Um, it's summer, mm-hmm. right? Summer's got to be in there, right? Summer. I'm at work. Yeah. I'm at home, right? But it hasn't always hit. It hasn't hit like that dog days of summer, sure. ninety-five degrees and humid Virginia heat. Right. You know. Fair. So like it's, I think June. Okay. Um, have you ever gone viral online? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. You know something I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you, you post a lot of good things in the band director page. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, if you consider going viral, like, I got a solid 40 likes on a comment <laughs> in a thread there, like, sure. Yeah, I went band director viral. All right, just, uh, you never know. <laughs> some people have some videos or something. Uh, let's see, what's a piece of advice that someone told you that still resonates with you today? My college, uh, euphonium professor, sing, buzz, play. Mm. Sing, buzz, play. Love that. Or play, buzz, play. You know, if you got a kid who doesn't want to sing, mm-hmm. play it, buzz it, play it. Works every time. Love it. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Um, three, because that's how much fits in my Contigo mug. Okay. So like, you know, and like, so like a cup on a coffee maker, I think is actually six ounces. Uh huh. So it's not even. A, okay. So like, I guess a cup of coffee is six ounces technically when you talk to coffee makers, right? But if I do four, it doesn't fill the mug, right. or or it's too much for the mug. So I, I do three. And it's really one because it's just one Contigo mug. Yes, one con. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm not doing any of this Keurig at work stuff. I can't can't drink the Keurig. All right. Uh, what did you do for the Fourth of July? What did I do? Um, we just hung out at home with the kids. Uh, blew up like a little rainforest pool thing. Oh, put it in the backyard. Nice. Played with some water. It's great. Grilled some hot dogs and burgers. It's yeah. The ideal situation yes. there. Yeah. Favorite season of the year? Fall. Okay. Last question. Because you're a noted Orioles fan. Okay. Uh, give me your prediction on the final standings of the AL East this year. All right, New York's won. That's yeah. obvious. They have a 14-game lead as of tonight. It is July 7th. <laughs> Today's the 7th? Yeah, today's the 7th. Yeah, right. So they have a 14-game lead. No one's catching them. And then you got Toronto, Red Sox, Tampa Bay. They're all within a game of each other right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? Um, Can't count out the Orioles. I mean... Well, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. So I think second place, I've got Toronto. Third place, I've got the Red Sox. Um, because this is like non-binding, <laughs> I'm going to say the Orioles are going to catch Tampa. Wow, they're six games back of them right now. They're playing well. Um, yeah, this could totally get blown up if they have like not a great June, not a great July, and they end up selling at the deadline. But at the point, at this point right now, it's like they can't make a decision on the deadline right yeah. now. Yeah. So and they they face Tampa seven games this month. Okay. Um, so if they can go like five and two in those games against Tampa and Tampa's had so many injuries. Yeah. Like Tampa's a good team. Tampa's always a good team with like guys you've never heard of every sure. year. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're able to catch Tampa. Wow. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say they're going to be in that playoff spot that they could be in because nah, that's a eh. too hot of a take. Yeah. Okay. Um, regardless like they're gonna make like I think like a twenty game improvement over last year, and yeah. I'll, I'll take that because I would just I just wanted to not lose a hundred. Yeah, there you go. Well, so. Nathan, I mean, we're very lucky to have you in our county. You're like 
the f a freaking encyclopedia when it comes to band. Like, I love just asking you anything. You always have an amazing answer. Thank you for doing this. This was amazing. And I'm going to listen back to this because so many good things were said in this. So, yeah. seriously, man, thank you a lot. And uh, appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Hope you tune in next week. We've got Mark Pages on the docket next Tuesday. We'll see you then.